the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial women. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. I'm really enjoying this stretch of good weather so far. This is a real gentle introduction to winter. You know, it was freezing last night, but we're still getting up in the 50s during the day with lots of sun and maybe maybe a, a spot of rain uh, now that we all know that winter is coming. But we can still enjoy being outside to either finish up the yard jobs or maybe take a long walk or a bike ride. Every time I go outside, I can always find another job to do or something to add to the list, things like uh, check the outside water faucets, uh, replacing the outside light. And if we take the time out from our chores, we can look at the economy and see how that's affecting our investments and goals. This was mostly a very positive week for the global equity markets, the indices, with markets everywhere buoyed up by the successful development of a uh, a COVID-19 vaccine. On Monday, a coronavirus vaccine developed by Pfizer and its partner, BioNTech, was shown in an early analysis to be more than 90% effective in protecting people from COVID-19. 
this was much better than anticipated, and it marked a milestone in the hunt for a vaccine that could stop the pandemic. Pfizer uh, said that it is on track to ask health regulators for permission to sell the start selling the vaccine before the end of November, if, pen, if pending data indicates the vaccine is safe. The, the vaccine relies upon the messenger RNA technology, which has never before been used in uh, approved medicine. Messenger RNA technology essentially teaches the body cells to become vaccine factories. In addition, another pharmaceutical company, Moderna, uh, is following close behind using similar technology. The bet among the top experts is that in the field is that the Moderna technology, which uses a, a similar message uh, RNA to Pfizer's, will also prove to be highly effective, perhaps mirroring uh, Pfizer's announcement that the, its vaccine appears to be more than 90% effective. So if both Pfizer and Moderna are approved by regulators, we'll have two sources of uh, vaccine in the U.S. by year-end. With regard to the uh, Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, uh, it must be stored and transported at uh, uh, 94 degrees below zero, and that requires special uh, facilities handling, uh, such as dry ice and things of that nature. It's then thawed out to about uh, five degrees below freezing, and it has to be used within five days of uh, thawing. Uh, two shots are required. The second shot, uh, about uh, 27 days after the first, uh, the government, uh, as part of the Warp Speed project, has contracted for uh, 100 million doses with options for 500 million more. And it looks like the price will be about $40 uh, for the treatment. And uh, the, uh, the uh, Pfizer said that they can produce 50 million doses by the end of the year. Uh, the Moderna vaccine is rumored uh, to be requiring less than in the order of refrigeration that apparently requires freezing, but not to uh, uh, 90 degrees below zero. And uh, we're going to see the results probably in another three weeks for the Moderna thing. So, uh, and another article indicates that the uh, the pharmacies like uh, CVS and, and uh, other pharmacies uh, drugstores, uh, they'll be used in the uh, vaccination uh, program. It sounds like uh, it's going to be similar to flu shots. Uh, hard to tell, though, but, uh, you know, this is uh, uh, stuff that's uh, just appearing uh, uh, right now. Now, according to a report from the uh, Boston Consulting Group, quote, the rollout of vaccines requires the uh, near flawless execution of an interconnected chain of processes, unquote. In addition to handling the product, officials will need to uh, uh, mount a public education and outreach campaigns, as well as monitoring whether the vaccine has any safety or effectivity issues once they reach a broader uh, population. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, 
said Thursday that the global uh, coronavirus outbreak will not be a pandemic for a lot longer because of the development of the vaccine, striking a hopeful note even as the situation worsens in the short term. Quote, certainly it's not going to be a pandemic for a lot longer because I believe the vaccines are going to turn that around, unquote, Fauci said at an event hosted by the uh, Chatham House think tank. And uh, But with the good news uh, regarding vaccines, there was also some bad news, uh, more bad news with regard to the COVID. You know, in the summer, we were learning how to live with the virus. Uh, the senior population uh, basically sheltered in place because they knew from the uh, February and March experience that they were the most vulnerable to the COVID virus. And in the summer, the number of uh, new cases eased way down to something like uh, 40,000 a day in the United States. And the number of deaths kind of moved down to around uh, 500 deaths per day for the whole country. And uh, most people had followed the sensible rules. These, uh, they are wash your hands several times a day, uh, use alcohol, gel, or wipes. Uh, to clean the hands when you're outside the house, uh, social distancing from other people. And uh, from my experience, most people have been really uh, considerate in terms of uh, not getting on top and giving or giving people some space around them. Also wearing a mask when in the stores. But uh, with the autumn, the number of cases and deaths began to increase. First, it was in Europe, and the number began to pick up three or four weeks ago. And we reported on that in the European Union uh, countries considered localized uh, uh, lockdowns and shutdowns of all sorts of things, shutting the bars, uh, shutting the restaurants, uh, restricting group sizes, uh, all sorts of curfews. And now the uh, cases and the deaths are increasing in the United States. And what you're seeing now is that the local, state, and and uh, federal people are threatening local, uh, more local shutdowns. I don't think it will be anywhere near the general shutdown uh, like March and April because they were, were still trying to dig out and repair the economic damage resulting from that experience. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, the, the vaccine is... Uh, uh, going to make a big difference in getting this thing under control. Uh, Fauci, uh, Dr. Fauci, has said, knowing an end in sight is all the more reason to keep up precautions like mask wearing, distancing, and washing hands in the short term. Uh, the general public in the U.S. should start getting uh, vaccines sometime in the spring, officials have said. And high priority groups like healthcare workers and the elderly may start getting uh, uh, vaccinations as soon as December. Uh, Fauci continued that, uh, quote, ever since it became clear a few days ago that we had a really quite effective vaccine getting ready to deploy, the message is the cavalry is coming, but don't put your weapons down yet. You better keep fighting because we're not there yet. So. Uh, investors, on the other hand, they're looking past uh, all of the this. Uh, they're seeing the vaccines. 
and what it's doing and what it can do. And they're looking past all of this to 2021 uh, when the vaccines are distributed and uh, life can get back to normal. Knowing the economy will be getting better in the uh, next six months has caused investors to uh, start rotating out of the high tech sector, uh, which has been on a roll since the pandemic started. Uh, It's been the only game in town and rolling over to the cheaper value sector, which is representative of the real economy, which should be coming back in real stride uh, within the next uh, uh, first or second quarter of next year. Uh, But to get there from here, uh, we can see some difficult months ahead. Uh, The weather's getting colder and people are spending more time inside. But hopefully, uh, the demonstrations, the rallies, the uh, uh, celebrations are over, and we can get back to the uh, simple uh, protective uh, practices that uh, partially controlled the virus in the summertime. So aside from the great news about the uh, new vaccine, the economy is still improving. It's still moving ahead. Last week, we reported that the... um, uh, job situation uh, improved by 906,000 uh, private sector jobs, and that was reduced by uh, a certain number of uh, uh, census workers that were scheduled to be released, and they were released. But now we take a look at this week at the job openings, and the uh, we look at the uh, the Department of Labor's job opening and labor turnover survey. And it's called the JOLT report for September. And according to that, it shows that the uh, uh, the number of job opening is continuing to increase. For instance, if I take a look at, um, let's say, job openings, and I start at February as, as kind of a, a goal, uh, February is the, the uh, time before the uh, coronavirus hit here. And at that time, uh, there were seven, over 7 million jobs posted. And then a month later in March, that dropped down to 6 million. In April, it dropped down to 5 million. And in May, it started to increase again. So in May, we went from, uh, uh, from April's 5 million to uh, 5.4 million in May. And then in June, 6 million. And then in July, 6.6 million. And then in August, 6.4 million. And then in September, 6.436 million. So the the, uh, job posting uh, is uh, are increasing. The hires uh, in February, we saw uh, 5,907,000 people hired. Uh, In September, the latest result was 5.8. Seven one million people uh, for separations. People leaving jobs in February before the coronavirus. It was 5.6 million left per month, and uh, now you're seeing 4.6 leaving per month. So what you're seeing is uh, more job openings, more hirings, and less people uh, voluntarily separating from their jobs and they're quitting. And uh, uh, the number of open positions, uh, the, the, the 
job opening numbers come from the last day of the month and uh, how many jobs are posted. And what you're seeing right now is that in September, 6,436,000,000 jobs were posted, and that was 1.3% higher than in August, but 8.7% uh, less than September a year earlier, and basically 8.4% below February of uh, before the coronavirus hit. So what you're seeing is a recovery in the uh, the economy. You saw it last month, uh, last week, in terms of the number of jobs. You see it, uh, the number of jobs that are posted. For instance, in um, just to give you an idea about uh, 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 several things here, uh, manufacturing. Uh, Manufacturing posted uh, 456,000 open positions in September, and there were 351,000 uh, hires and uh, 324,000 separations. Uh, professional, uh, they saw 1,276,000 uh, job openings and 1.15 million people were hired. And uh, leisure and hospitality, they saw uh, 780,000 jobs posted and 1,057,000 uh, people were hired. Uh, we noted last week that the private sector uh, job increase was 906,000. So we expect that to basically continue to increase. And the uh, uh, as far as the uh, uh, claims for unemployment, uh, what we're seeing is that uh, every week we see um, the uh, new initial claims for unemployment. What we're seeing, according to the Wall Street, new applications for unemployment benefits fell sharply last week as uh, layoffs were easing as the broader economy flashes signs of improvement. According to the Department of Labor's report, initial, quote, initial claims for jobless benefits, claims declined to 709,000 last week from 757,000 a week earlier. That's a drop of 48,000 claims. Uh, while weekly claims have fallen from a peak of near 7 million, if you remember there was a week in March where 7 million people applied for uh, unemployment in one week. Uh, today, uh, we're talking 709,000 people. That's still high, and uh, but it is going down there. And the number of people collecting unemployment benefits uh, through regular state programs, which covers most workers, uh, these are the people who have been on unemployment for uh, several weeks, and in some of them as, as much as 26 weeks. Uh, we have 6,786,000 people that are continuing on unemployment. Uh, three months ago, that number was more, that number was over 8 million, and it's been going down ever since. And uh, basically, uh, uh, it was down uh, 436,000 claims from uh, the week earlier. So, uh, Continuing claims are down significantly from their spring levels, reflecting that uh, many laid-off workers have been recalled to jobs 
or hired elsewhere. Others, though, have exhausted state benefits, and they're a sign of uh, facing long-term unemployment. So if you're on unemployment, the state unemployment, you're, you're on there for, I think, 27 weeks. And now there is a government program uh, that will continue on for a federal government program. It will continue on for another 13 weeks. Uh, I think that program ends at the end of the year, though. Uh, so the decline in unemployment claims adds to another sign that the economy is rebounding uh, from the sharp pandemic-induced downturn in the spring. Uh, if we also look at other things that show the uh, the recovery of the economy, the economy grew at a 7.4% rate. Uh, in the third quarter from the second quarter, and uh, activity in the manufacturing and service sector, that rose in October. That's according to the Institute of Supply Management. And uh, uh, it basically shows that U.S. consumers have stepped up spending and uh, the economy continues to recover. Uh, in all of these things, what we're seeing is an economy getting better and stronger, uh, one of the things that we have to take a look at in in, in part of this uh, COVID situation is uh, we have to take a look at our goals and uh, where we're going and where this whole where our skills and our education and all the rest of it fits into uh, getting a, a better job. And what it boils down to is that the jobs are becoming uh, more plentiful. There's still uh, difficulty in finding jobs. They're not as plentiful as they were before the, the uh, coronavirus hit. But now's the time to start your planning in terms of saying, okay, uh, I've got some, this is the time for inspection and saying, where am I? What do I want to do? What are my goals? How am I going to get to where I want to be? And that means of putting together uh, pencil and paper and putting together a financial plan that says, okay, what do I want to do? If I'm, if I'm uh, uh, 50 years old, then uh, my concern is retirement. If I'm uh, uh, 20 years old, then my my uh, goal is to pay off my uh, my debts, uh, get a car, and get an apartment. If I'm 25, then the goal is to uh, maybe start a family and uh, uh, talk about a house and children and all the rest of the stuff that goes along with that. And uh, all of those things require money, but the thing that you have in your favor is time. If you're if you look at uh, uh, retirement, uh, you have your 401k programs or your 403b programs or your IRAs and all the rest of this uh, retirement plans that you should be putting money away into. If you take a look at your uh, uh, saving the money for the down payment on the house, that's another fund that another account that has to be funded. And you have to take a look and say, hey, what, what money is coming in the door and how am I going to allocate that money to uh, uh, to be able to meet those goals? 
And what you do is have to uh, spend less and you have to save more. And uh, then you have to keep track of the progress that you're making. In other words, first you make an assessment that says, okay, these are my goals. This is the amount of money that I'm going to need to put aside to meet those goals. And this is how much I have to allocate uh, from my paycheck each week uh, and uh, have it grow in a, in a certain investment to get to the point where that pot of money is sufficient to meet that goal uh, five years from now, 20 years from now, or even in some cases, 50 years from now. So it's a matter of, of putting down your ideas and, uh, uh, and then you can, you can be as detailed as you want. Generally speaking, start in a very uh, gross picture, identify those goals, identify how you're going to meet them, uh, put the numbers on a piece of paper, and there'll be several iterations by which you say, well, this isn't going to work, and that isn't going to work, and I can't save this much. And uh, But you have to, what you have to do as you go through life is keep changing, not radically changing, but keep mid-course correcting uh, your trajectory to make sure that you get where you want to go. And to me, uh, that's something you always have to do. And if you need help in doing that, you contact a financial planner and sit down with somebody who's gone through this, you know, uh, thousands of times before uh, with other people. And uh, each case, you know, you're an individual and your case is different than the other person's. But uh, a professional who's gone through these things uh, knows uh, what has to be done, and you can get the confidence necessary to uh, institute a plan and stick with the plan and keep it going the way that you want it to do. And having started the plan, you keep on top of it and uh, review it maybe every six months or so. Uh, and say, okay, how are things going? Are my investments working the way that I expected them to? If they're not, uh, is there improvements I can make, or do I have to start putting more money? Do I have to start saving more uh, to get to that uh, uh, goal? And uh, that's basically what uh, what you do when you work with somebody who's who's gone uh, before you and has done this uh, a lot more times than you have. So this is Jim McAleese. Uh You're listening to uh, Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call. We have a toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. So give us a call, and uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultant Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. 
Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow. Welcome back. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. You know, we've got a lot of good news this week in terms of uh, the virus, uh, the uh, vaccine for the virus, and, uh, uh, and you know, but uh, and also the, the, uh, the economy is recovering, too. In other words, if I take a look at the National Association of Independent Businesses, uh, they surveyed their uh, business owners and, and from to get a snapshot of uh, uh, what the small business owner is seeing out there, and they've concluded that uh, small business optimism remains steady in October, uh, but the owner's uncertainty level has increased. Uh, according to the National Federation of uh, Independent Businesses chief economist, uh, 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 Bill Duckelberg, uh, he says, quote, leading up to the presidential election, small businesses cont- continued to focus on stabilizing their businesses, but were uncertain about the future economic conditions due to this uh, uh, COVID-19 government regulations. At all levels. So basically, they're saying that, uh, hey, uh, the small business is owner is very in tune with uh, what is the government going to do in terms of shutting down uh, businesses and whether my business is considered to be an essential business versus some other business, things of this nature. He continues to say, we see uh, solid momentum going into the fourth quarter, and another good quarter could get the GDP back to the 2019 closing levels. And according to the what they see in the, in the labor situation, uh, he says the small business labor market is still recovering from the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, and the state and local regulations that further hindered small business operations Uh, The large increase in the number of unemployed has done little to help small businesses improve the quality of their applicants. Uh, Firms have more openings than skilled workers and are having trouble matching available workers with the uh, uh, available jobs. Uh, You then go in the the, uh, report that was written up, in the commentary section, they go on to say, as Washington reorganizes for the next four years, the top policy issues will remain COVID-19 and shutting down the economy to contain the virus proved to be very costly, causing the second quarter crash 
in the economy and sending the employment rate, unemployment rate, to record high levels. For small business owners, sales plunged, uh, dominating the service sector. Uh, the reduction in foot traffic business evaporated raw businesses that had direct contact with uh, customers to provide service, uh, like uh, travel and restaurants and gyms and retail shops and barbers. And sales disappeared, but costs didn't. And so profits uh, posted record declines. Well, that tells you what the small business owner was going through during during this pandemic. They continue. Momentum going into the fourth quarter is quite strong. Uh, the inventory bill alone uh, could add several percentage points to the growth rate. The Federal Reserve is on board with monetary stimulus, and even if a stimulus package is passed after the election, it is unlikely to have a major impact on the fourth quarter results, most likely impacting the first quarter of 2021. And consumer spending will be a major uh, workhorse uh, for the rest of this year. So basically, a good fourth quarter could be could get the economy back to uh, the 2019 closing levels. And that way, we can write off 2000 uh, as a kind of a flat year. They then go on. Uh, let's let's take a look at another part of it, and let's talk about larger business, big business uh, uh, confidence. Uh, According to the IHS Market Corporation, they take a look at the U.S. business outlook, and what they're seeing there is that U.S. business confidence picked up to a two-year high. And uh, the latest, uh, from their report, the latest IHS Market Corporation business outlook survey signaled that optimism among the U.S. private sector firms regarding future business activity improved in October amid hopes of an end to the uh, COVID-19. The, new, the net balance of companies forecasting growth plus 31% was strong while compared to the global average of plus 26% and picked up not- notably uh, from the 15% in June. In fact, uh, firms were the most upbeat since October of 2018, and I'm sure uh, uh, the summary of it, uh, uh, Mr. Jones, who's their economist at the uh, uh, Market Corporation, said, quote, U.S. private sector firms are noticeably more upbeat during October as uh, expectations for output, employment, investment, and profits strengthened compared to those seen in June. Although the outgoing, uh, although the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic was identified as a potential downside risk to growth over the next year, hopes of a solution to the virus and end to presidential uh, election uncertainty and a release of pent-up demand all buoyed forecasts for the coming years. Encouragingly, during a time of unprecedented job losses, companies were more upbeat regarding their hiring intentions. In fact, confidence was the strongest since February. On the price front, cost pressures are expected to pick up in the next year 
and uh, supply chain disruptions amidst supply chain disruptions. But firms expressed greater optimism regarding future increases in selling prices and profitability. So basically, they this survey it hasn't caught the uh, the uh, vaccine uh, success so far, but they're saying that just from the viewpoint of hey, we've got the presidential elections behind us and the uncertainty involved in that, and also we're expecting uh, pent up demand. Uh, you know, as we come out of this, as the economy gets stronger and we come out of this uh, uh, coronavirus thing, all of those things should be uh, good or uh, helpful for the uh, businesses. And they have a lot more confidence. Now, as far as the consumer, on the other hand, <laughs> that was a kind of a, uh, a difference there. Uh, the increase in the COVID cases and the possibility of local and state shutdowns has impacted uh, consumers, as reflected in their uh, survey of consumer confidence from the University of Michigan. And uh, what that shows is a drop from uh, 81.8 in October to 70, uh, 77 in November. So uh, the consumer, they're looking at, uh, hey, what's the uh, what's the government's going to do in terms of shutting it down as the number of COVID cases increases, and uh, how's that going to affect me? And according to their Richard Curtin, who is their chief economist, I'll give you a part of his summary of it. Uh, quote. Consumer sentiment fell in early November as consumers judged future economic prospects less favorably, while the assessment of current economic conditions remains largely unchanged. The outcome of the presidential election, as well as the resurgence of the COVID in infections and deaths, were responsible for the early November decline. So, uh, that kind of uh, the businesses are becoming more confident because they're looking at the data in terms of sales and, and uh, 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 profits. And whereas the consumer, uh, they're becoming less confident, but they're facing the uh, possibility of lockdowns and shutdowns in, in order to control this um, uh, COVID increases over the last uh, month. Now, in terms of... Uh, uh, what we're seeing in terms of the consumer price index. Uh, before we get to that, let's go over. Uh, let's go over what we're seeing in terms of uh, another group who looks at the U.S. service industries, and this is the Institute of Supply Management and their survey of managers in the service industry, and they show that business is growing in October but at a slightly slower pace than in September. And uh, the way that they generate uh, their survey numbers is to actually talk to uh, the uh, managers in the service sector. And uh, you know, the question that they put to the managers is, uh, how's this month doing relative to the previous month, both with regard, with regard to uh, uh, new orders, uh, deliveries, 
uh, uh, backlog, employment, things of this nature. So, and what they're saying there is that uh, uh, for October, their number came in at 56.6, and that's down a little bit from the 57.8 that they saw in September. And uh, in in this survey, uh, 50 is neutral, meaning that if it comes in at 50, then things are the same this month as they were last month. Anything above 50 indicates that hey, this month was better than last month. So 56.6 indicates that, hey, this month was uh, better than last month. Uh, and uh, last month, in this case, September was great. A 57 number is a good number, and 56 number is still a good number. It's just less than 57. So uh, if you contrast this to what we were seeing in April, in May, what you saw in April was uh, 41.8, which means that, hey, the economy is contracting and contracting at a serious rate. In April was 40, low point, I think, was 41.8. May was 45.4. And uh, then you get into numbers like uh, uh, October 56.6. So you come from a pretty low point. Uh, We recovered quite a bit. And what people are saying, uh, some of the managers that they're talking to are, uh, business says, this is from the accommodation and food services. Uh, business has improved, but uh, greatly reliant on uh, COVID-19 related restrictions. Uh, suppliers' inventories and lead times are longer and spotty, with outages due to keeping lead times lean as cash flow measures. Uh, as but putting consistent supply at risk. Uh, construction. Their comment was interesting business cycle. Labor is still in short supply, and work orders are picking up. Uh, Educational services, challenges to maintain safety and prevent the spread of COVID-19 have meant changes in the way activities are carried out, and the purchases of personal protection equipment and facilities equipment, along with modification to buildings and walkways, uh, led to higher spending in some areas. Finance and insurance indicates that given COVID-19, the adjustments we have made across the company have allowed us to reach previous employment levels, and those furloughed furloughed are back to work. Everyone is careful to wear the required personal protective equipment and keep distancing. We have added additional cleaning staff between shifts to upgrade sanitation. So, what you're seeing there is that if you get down to the raw raw uh, numbers, uh, we asked the, the managers about uh, uh, business activity. 39% said the business activity picked up in October versus September. 15% said no. Uh, new orders, 32% said they saw an increase in new orders in October. 18% said no, we didn't see that. Backlog increased 21%. Uh, 21% said it increased. 13% said it stayed the same. Well, that's that's kind of a, uh, a flat thing. New export orders, 
uh, 20% said that uh, they saw increases, and 13% said no. Uh, so what you're seeing there in terms of uh, uh, improvements shows that the, uh, the business activity is increasing, uh, new orders are increasing, growing, employment is growing, uh, prices are growing faster too, backlog is uh, uh, also growing. So everywhere you look, it's basically a, a case of uh, uh, increased uh, uh, progress. And uh, if you take a look at the market corporation's interpretation of the service industry in the United States, what they show is that in October, uh, signaled a strong expansion in business activity across the U.S. service sector. The quicker pace of growth was largely linked to more robust demand conditions, uh, despite a slower upturn in new export business. So uh, their comments were, uh, quote, this is according to Chris Williamson, uh, growth of business activity accelerated markedly markedly in October, indicating that the underlying health of the U.S. economy continued to recover at the start of the fourth quarter. And while fourth quarter GDP will invariably fail to match the strong rebound seen in the third quarter, the economy looks to be continuing to grow at an above-trend uh, rate. So what we're seeing is progress there. This is Jim. This is Jim McAleese. You give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Now stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Colleen, uh, did I see a light there? You sure did. You sure did. Lenny gave us a call, and he will be 65 next year, so he'll be signing up for Medicare soon. Um, and he's got a really great question. He is wondering if he visits um, another state or maybe even another country is he covered under Medicare in case something happens? Okay. Uh, good question. Uh, one of the things we see when it, when it comes relative to when you're, if you're on Medicare and you're traveling inside the United States, uh, with the original Medicare, the government Medicare, you can see any doctor or get treated at any hospital in the United States as long as they accept Medicare. So there's really no problem there. Uh, but if you're traveling outside the United States, then you're basically on your own for any medical costs. So and if you're figuring on traveling outside the United States, you need to look for certain uh, Medigap policies that will cover overseas travel or uh, travel insurance that will cover you, you know. Now, if you enroll in a Medicare Advantage program, uh, then uh, uh, 
a lot of times these programs are organized around networks of doctors and hospitals. And sometimes they're organized for a specific geographic area. Other ones are organized nationally. So these are the, these are the, the question that you asked is a very pertinent question when you go to uh, look at a Medicare Advantage. Uh, you have to make sure that uh, if you're living in uh, uh, Cleveland uh, and you travel to uh, uh, your daughter's uh, place in uh, Colorado somewhere, that your Medicare Advantage program will cover you there, and you also have to see if they'll cover you out of the country. So uh, you got a good question. The important thing is before you sign up for anything, you make sure that that particular program will cover you if you're uh, in a different location in the United States or outside the United States. The Medicare, the old the government Medicare, which cover you anywhere in the United States and uh, will not cover you uh, overseas. So, uh, good question. You've got a little homework to do, but I'm sure uh, you'll there's enough uh, enough uh, options out there. I'm sure you'll find something that uh, uh, fits your needs out there. So, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. is 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. Uh, you know, looking over what we've talked about so far, what we've indicated is that they, the economy is picking uh, uh, up speed and getting well in spite of this uh, increase in uh, the COVID cases, uh, the greatest concern of uh, businesses and uh, uh, and also people is uh, uh, what are the local authorities going to do in terms of the increased COVID cases? You know, we hear we hear all sorts of restrictions about uh, travel and and. Uh, uh, I heard the thing about uh, if you're traveling to New York, you have to have some sort of a test that shows you're not uh, COVID, you're not uh, uh, sick and stuff like that. So uh, let's go to the phones again. Hello, this is Jim McAleese. Can I help you this morning? Hi, how are you? On this uh, Medicare Advantage plan, um, I'm glad you mentioned about some of the restrictions that people have to be careful of when they sign up for it, but they keep advertising that you might be able to get back your uh, Medicare premium. Um, and what's that all about? I don't the one know. that comes out of your <laughs> Social Security check for Medicare. Okay. The the uh, is this the is this the Medicare program, the government program, Medicare Part B? 
Are you talking about a Medicare Advantage? No, the medic, uh, the government Medicare program. That small amount they take out every month out of your check for for your share of uh, me, uh, of your hospital expenses. These plans are advertising. You might be able to get that back. So, is there like a a limit yeah, of uh, income? No, I haven't. I haven't heard anything about that at all. Uh, the the uh, Medicare the Medicare Typically charges something like uh, Medicare A is free, Medicare B, it's not really free. You've been paying paying for it since 1966. Yeah, they they charge like 130 to 50 dollars a month uh, out of your check to pay for your share of the hospitalization from the Medicare. Exactly. I haven't heard anything at all about that. Where did you hear about it? Uh, well, on all those uh, advertisements, they keep saying you you oh. might be in a a zip code that you'll get your premium back from Medicare. So I was just wondering if you knew what that was all about. But like I said, I'm glad you uh, uh, talked about the restrictions on some of these uh, advantage plans. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you. I- I thank you for for calling up and, and uh, mentioning that because I hadn't heard anything at all about that. So, uh, if you if you find any more anybody else hears about it, let me know. Okay, thank you very much. You have a good day now. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Bit Slow. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. South of the border, down Mexico way. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. And, uh, you know, with the, with the uh, recovery of the economy, the uh, uh, consumer price index is barely budging at all. Uh, the, uh, uh, according to the, uh, the uh, Department of Labor, uh, the Department of Labor... Uh, report, responded or reported that the consumer price index for all urban consumers uh, was unchanged in October. So uh, after rising two tenths of a percent in September. So uh, over the last 12 months, the all item consumer price index has increased 1.2%. And what you're seeing there is component uh, different parts of the index uh, w- were mixed with uh, many offsetting increases and decreases. The food index went up two tenths of a percent, uh, and uh, the uh, energy index rose one tenth of a percent in October. Uh, the, uh, the core CPI, where you eliminate food and energy, that was also unchanged in October, and uh, over the uh, year. Uh, over a year, that is up uh, 1.4%. So uh, if the inflation is well under control, probably not to the point where the, the Federal Reserve would want it, but it's still well under control. And the economy is doing good, and even the stock market is doing good this week. This week showed that Standard & Poor 500 closed at 3,585.15, or up 2.2%. So 
Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. Now that the crops are out of the field, the farmers have the time to relax and they can get philosophical. Okay, here's some words of advice from an old farmer. Words of advice about life in general. What you want to do is make sure your fences need to be horse high, pig tight, and bull strong. Okay, what you also have to do is make sure that you keep your bankers and your skunks at a good distance. And also what you realize is life is simpler when you plow around the stump and don't try to plow through the stump. A bumble, another one, a bumblebee is considerably faster than a John Deere tractor. Another one is, uh, a good one, these words, those words that are soaked into your ears are the words that are whispered and not yelled. And, uh, also, forgive your enemies. Make a big show of forgiving your enemies. It will really mess up their minds. And it doesn't take a very big person to carry a grudge. And uh, you can never unsay un- a cruel word. And another one is, the best sermons are lived and not preached. And most of the stuff that people worry about ain't never going to happen anyway. So... Remember that silence is sometimes the best answer. The biggest troublemaker that you'll ever have to deal with watches you from the mirror every morning. So here's a good one. Good judgment comes from experience. And a lot of that a lot of that comes from bad judgment. So live simply, love generously, care deeply, speak kindly, and leave the rest to God. So keep these bits of wisdom and advice in mind until we meet again next week for Get Rich Slow and may God protect you and keep you safe. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440 440- For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.